Welcome to Happily Ever After, the podcast where we talk about life's big stories. From breakups and breakdowns to icky secrets and happy endings, it's the stuff that makes us human. I'm your host, Hannah Harvey. I'm a writer and a parenting blogger at mumsdays.com. That's M-U-M-S-D-A-Y-S.com. I'd be really grateful if you could subscribe and leave a review because it basically means more people can find the podcast. And I also really love hearing from you. So please do contact me through Instagram at Mumsdays when any of your stories really and, and, you know, how you relate to the episode or even questions that you may want answering. You can find all the details from this episode in the show notes. Hello and welcome to Happily Ever After. It's me, Hannah, and today I'm joined by my lovely newish friend, Joanne Patterson. Hi, Joanne. Hiya. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for asking. So you, our story dates back 19 weeks, did you know that? Is it 19 weeks, is 19 it? 19 weeks since wow. the first, I was heartbroken, didn't know what to do with myself. And I'd been told by several people I need to go get in the sea with Dip Club. Okay. Um, and you saw that story that I did, didn't you? I did. Um, I saw you walking down, was it South Parade? More or less, yeah. Um, saying on your stories that you were going to Dip Club and you wanted to meet some new friends. And um, I replied to that story saying you could come and make friends with us. Yay. And then we, we met. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And you have been like quite um consistently through the journey of me dipping every day you've been keeping in contact loads which is like for me been absolutely lovely so I wanted to thank you for that and inviting me in so for anybody who doesn't know Joanne every single morning yes (laughs) gets up at like 5 a.m and gets in the sea and if you follow her stories you'll see that she does a dance she makes all her friends basically cartwheel into the sea yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, at 5 30 in the morning so the alarm is set for 4 40 i like to have a coffee before i leave the house yeah. obviously to wake myself up a bit and yeah um in the next couple of hours um it's just spent sort of you know creating some energy creating some space Getting in the sea, you know, getting those um, happy hormones flowing um, before I head back home and get the kids up for school. That's crazy. What time do you go to bed? Um, I'm trying to go earlier. Um, like if if it's past ten o'clock, it's too late. Yeah. I do try and get up at least up the stairs by nine o'clock so I can sit and chill out for a bit and you know sort make sure the kids are sorted, they're happy, and then yeah. But any later than ten o'clock, it's it's a problem. I'm really tired the next day. Yeah, that's insane. Getting mm. up at four forty. Four forty. That's very early. Yeah. <laughs> um. So when I started that first day, I was like, "Whoa, I feel completely, insanely amazing." Yeah. And then the next day, I happened to be going to the beach anyway with my family, so I got in again, and then I'd started a two-day streak. Yeah. <laughs> it's so addictive. And isn't then it? I think it was that day that I'd seen that you'd done something like 30 in a row already yeah so you must have started like the month before me 11th of april my first step was yeah yeah and you'd done this story about how much it had changed your life and how much you felt better for it and all this kind of stuff and i was like i'm gonna do the same thing yeah so that's kind of why i've carried on because i saw what you were doing it's but just so addictive why isn't did it? you start 
Um, well, I started because, so I would probably say for about two years, um, and looking back now, you know, I can see exactly what was going on when you're in sort of that situation and it was a slow gradual sort of decline of started losing interest in things that I used to love like going to the beach with the kids or going to the gym um going out for walks um you know just basic things like that um the I was struggling with really bad fatigue um you know come two o'clock in the afternoon I literally could not do anything else other than lie down um and and I just was I didn't realize what was really going on I just actually started to think well this must be what getting old feels like you know I'm <laughs> slowing down but I'm not ready to slow down my brain's not catching up and um and I'd went to the gym one morning and I walked into the gym and I just had this well what I know now was a hot flush oh. um this just wave of heat come over me and I was like wow is this a hot flush? That's what I thought to myself straight away. I was like, and actually, my PT, Matty, said, are you having a hot flush? And I was like, I think uh, I might maybe. be. <laughs> um, and it was at that point I went home and started thinking, okay, well, you're ne- you're almost 50, you know. Um, but I still did think at that point I was too young um, for, for menopause, um, my basic knowledge on it. And then I started doing my own research. Um, so it turns out that I'm, I'm what is referred to as perimenopausal, um, which Davina likes to call the evil twin sister of menopause. And this is the the run-up to menopause where your hormones are declining. They're very erratic. Um, so for parts of the month, I'll feel on top of the world. And then other times of the month, I'll feel like I just can't even function at all. I'm so tired, um, quite miserable. Um, so I started my um, a journey of um, HRT, um, but I still felt like something was missing, like I needed to do something to challenge myself. Um, and um, I had watched another girl um, dip in for a year. Um, and I was like, you know what? And she always puts on social media and I was like, you know what, I'm going to message her. Um, so I messaged Sarah and I said, um, I'm going to dip. And I think I might have done that two or three times before I actually committed and went to meet her. Um, and the first dip was at Whitley Bay. Who's Sarah? Sarah, um, Sarah the, Goldsborough. What's her, her the Geordie, The Geordie Ice Queen. Yeah, I thought that. Um, and so I took the kid. The kids were like, yeah, we'll come. Um, and the kids this actually got... This was in April. That was the 11th of April. Wow. Um, so we got in the sea and I can honestly say I thought I felt like my soul had left my body when I went in the sea. I was It was bitter. Um, it took my breath away, literally. Um, and I couldn't think of anything else other than how cold that water was. Um, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I did manage to do a dunk, like dunk my head right under, and that made me feel like really. I was like, "Wow, I've done that." Um, and I, th- I think we were in about five or six minutes. Um, and then I went home, and I think I just felt really like euphoric. I was yeah. like, "Wow." I've just done that, and uh, if I can do it, and I might do it again. And then, um, and I said to Sarah, you going tomorrow? And she was like, yeah, I'm going tomorrow. So Go every day, baby. Yeah. Um, and I went, and we met at Colour Coats, um, and it just sort of progressed from there. Um, and I just fell in love with the, the way it made me feel. Um, instantly made me feel alive, full of energy, like I could do anything. Um, and I was like, well, if it's making me feel this good, I'm not going to stop doing it. Yeah. And that's where it sort of all started. Um, 
and yeah. yeah and I've just done I think I've done well I don't know which day it was just hit 150 days consecutive yeah um so I've decided to go for the year may as well right yeah I'm halfway well I keep saying I'm halfway there, halfway there um, man. and I this... think doing it in the winter is I'm, I'm excited for that I think because I know how cold it's going to be uh, well, I don't like the eleventh of April felt quite cold to me. It was very grim on a more, you know, like when we we're going like early in the morning. The sea was quite rough. Um, so, and I think that because I've got sort of it's become a habit, you know, I'm quite comfortable with it. Um, I know what to expect. It's just going to keep pushing me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. When my, so the last time I went with you, I remember um, we were just about to go in, and you were like, oh. Why do I do this? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like that feeling of yeah. It's not like it necessarily gets easier. Yeah. Like some days, obviously you'll yeah. be like skipping in and whatever, but yeah. there are still the days when you're like, seriously, why the fuck am I doing this? Absolutely, because like it's obviously when you do it with Dip Club, there's so many people on the beach yeah, and, and everybody's excited in. Yeah. and uh, you know everybody's running in, you know, and obviously you run to a schedule, so you've got to like get there for the photo and then you all run together, and and I think you know that's why a lot of people like Dip Club because of that sort of um, environment um, but there are the days um, when I wake up in the morning I'm tired and um, when I get onto the coast road if I can't see any sort of sunrise uh, I'm like really disappointed I'm like oh my where's the sun where's the sun um, and mm. if it's raining oh my god it's it's quite brutal you know it's grim it's cold you take your stuff off, it's going to get wet, even yeah. though you're getting wet. Getting dry afterwards, getting dry. you know it's going to be struggle. Yeah, it's Yeah, um, it can be quite grim, but for the, all the days that it's grim, when you get that spectacular sunrise, it's like, wow, you know, this is why I'm doing it, because, you know, it, there's a saying, is, is there a, like along the lines of, you know, like, um, you know, uh, every day there, there will you know there's going to be a new day at some you know like the, I can't remember the saying but you know what I mean yeah <laughs> every day's like, a new blah, blah, blah. day and... <laughs> yeah the sun will always rise again and yeah. it does and when it does it's it just reminds me of why I like to be on the beach at sunrise at that time. yeah mm-hmm. yeah because that's the time I like to do it yeah, at sunrise yeah, yeah. yeah if you want to dip with Joe get ready to set your alarm really fucking yeah. early <laughs> We're doing it in the dark at the moment. Well, it can be <laughs> yeah. quite dark, but you know, we're getting it done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, do you think, because what I've worked out through getting to know you is we have very similar story. Yeah. So, like six years ago, we both quit drinking. Yeah. And I, before we talk about that, because I really am interested to know what you were thinking whilst I was also thinking the same sort of thing. Yeah. So I want to ask you about that. But before that, I'm wondering if there's something in the needing to do something every day, because if you don't do it one day, it then means it's harder to do it the next day. Yeah. Do you think you could skip a day and then still get back into it? Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, there's been times where I've thought, oh, I'm not doing it in the morning because I know it's going to be raining and I'll go later in the day. Um, but I know, come four o'clock, you know, once the kids are in from school, one's going to football, one's going to gymnastics, it, the the thought of then thinking, oh, but I have Both to do a dip. To, yeah. I've got to do a dip as well. Plus, doing it in the morning sets me up for the day. There is definitely an element of, if I miss, um, I'll feel like I've let myself down. That's what I think I'll feel, and that's probably 
you know, something that I might have to work on because it's putting pressure. It's a unnecessary slight addiction pressure. Yeah. Thing that I'm wondering about. Addiction, I'm exactly yeah. the same. Addictive I'm like... behaviors. Um, but it's a healthy addiction, and yeah. I'm ha- and, and because I know of unhealthy addictions, this is something I'm I'm more than happy to sort of pursue. Um, as long as I can, you know, yeah. like, um, will I continue to do it after they've done the year? Absolutely, I probably will. But I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try not to sort of beat myself up if I can't make it one morning. Yeah. Um. Or you know, or because I dipped every day when I went in the um on holiday as well. Um. Obviously, the climate is completely different. I'm sorry. Where were you? Yeah, it, was Turkey. it Wales? No. Oh no, it was <laughs> Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> but I also read that the the cold water shock thing. Um, it it, it doesn't matter. It's 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 cold water expo- exposure based on your current body temperature. Okay. So when you've adapted to the heat of being away, getting into the sea it's is still cold. yeah, it's still cold. Oh, so, that makes sense. Yeah. Because so. I was away in April in Spain and I didn't go in the sea. Right. I went up to like my waist maybe and then I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then yeah. it came back to Britain and I'm getting in the North yeah. Sea every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's once you get over the initial, like now, neither of us, if we go in the water, we're not like, <gasps> yeah, which you do get at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you whole do. like shock, you think cold you, water you, shock. You've like, I think now I know what to expect when I'm going in there, which we going back to what you were saying before, you sometimes go, why do I keep doing this to myself? Because you know what's coming. You, you know, know it's, it's going to be, be cold. Um, you know it's going to probably you know shock you when you first get in. You know it's going to take a little bit of time to pluck up the courage to get under. But you also know that once you get under, that release and that excitement and that energy that it builds is just, it, there's nothing else like it that I've um, that I've experienced. Totally. I haven't been in yet. Have you not? I'm going <laughs> to. I'm already excited about it. The sun is shining, you know. Isn't so, it? Yeah, exactly. Get it. Get down there and get in. <laughs> and so who are the people that you dip with now? Because you've got a little, like, crew of people that are always with Yeah, so it's just, I think, sort of, um, as I've sort of progressed on my journey, you know, sort of <clears throat> the people that... Um, some people just they don't dip every day they just dip as and when they can yeah um the only one who's um who's actually been dipped every single day that i have um well actually no that's 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 not true i've dipped every single day of his journey mm-hmm. um because he he done it a couple of days after me is dan yeah um um and dan is like the sort of um i hope you wouldn't mind me saying the dad of our group you know he's he's, he's you know he's the one consistent he's always there he's happy to dance with me yeah um um, and he's been on this incredible journey um, of um, of weight loss. He's lost ten stone. Wow! He looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so he's you know so obviously he's dipping every day. He wants to do the yeah. He's just hit his hundred and fifty days as well. Um, and you know he's like I'm just going to go for the year as well. Um, so the consistency are, are me and Dan, and then you've got other people that will dip when they can. You know, yeah. if there's childcare issues, um, you know, sometimes once a week, sometimes once, um, you know, sort of once every couple of weeks. But um, it doesn't matter, you know, just like come when you can. yeah, just come and when you can. Expect to dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't help that. That you know, the feeling of that I think is a build up to getting in the sea. So like, it's, you know, your energy is already high, um, and yeah, the next thing is just just to run into the sea. I love it. Mm, I do as well. Need to do get it. down more. It's just do that it. thing first thing in the morning when you're like, oh. Yeah, it's not easy. <clears throat> it's not easy getting up at four forty in the morning. Um, but it's worth it. It is. It is worth it, definitely. Uh-huh. 
And do you feel like it's helped with your perimenopausal oh, yeah. symptoms? Yeah. Um, I you, well, you know that I was asked to do a, um, the Speedo U- Outdoor UK series for yeah. uh, in partnership with, with Dip Club um, to raise awareness, um, obviously. Because I think one what I realised, what I, my initial thought was when I thought I might be... Uh, what you know is is the only thing I knew word I knew was um, I was in menopause, was that my first feeling of that was I feel really old now, um, and I need to pull back a bit and not be seen as much. Um, I felt that I was just yeah. I, it, it was it was it was an awful sort of. I felt like I was grieving. I think a little bit, you know. And I've I've heard I've read that it's referred to as that because there was there was an element of oh wow I feel really old. And then another one was like and I can't have any more kids, mm. even though I didn't want any more children. Yeah. I've done, I've got two children. Right, I was never going to have any more. But I think there's just that element of like okay, the woman side of you know my role here is is almost like um yeah it's about to be sort of like cut. You know, and I'm not ready for that. But actually, um, there's so much more information um out there now. But what I did realise was that obviously friends who are my age, they weren't talking about this. And I was like, Why aren't people not talking about this? And probably for the same reasons of the rate, you know, the way I felt was they feel old, they feel like, oh my goodness, this is like an old thing that's mm-hmm. gonna happen to us. Um, and they were just, you know, didn't really know where to go for advice, didn't know where to find advice. Um, so I thought, well, I'm gonna do the talking for them then, um, and just start sharing as painful it was as it was at the time to you know, to to build up the courage to go to put it out there and go, Okay, so this is where I'm at and I've just realised this is what it is. Um, and you know about why we should talk about it um, because I mean I've got a 12 year old daughter I don't want her to get to my age and start thinking am I depressed you know um, or being offered antidepressants when she's not depressed and to look back and go actually my mum was like this you know my mum said to me if I feel like this if I feel t-, you know and just start looking for them sort of symptoms and go actually this is what's wrong with me Um because I think we've been done a massive disservice by it's almost like a dirty secret, mm-hmm. you know. Nobody talks about it. I'd certainly, do, I think, at school, it's not something you know. Um, it's openly discussed. I don't even know how I heard about um, sort of menopause. I think my basic understanding was that your your monthly cycle stops and that's it. Yeah. Well, in actual fact, that's not like that is the end result, um, and that's just one day. So mm-hmm. you don't know you've you've you're actually in menopause until the last day that you've missed your cycle for twelve months in a row, and then it's just one day and that's it. But there's other health implications to losing your like your hormones as well, like um, osteoporosis, um, sort of heart um, heart conditions. Um, so it's yeah, there's not enough um, information. However, that I've, that's definitely improving over the last two years more people are talking about it and the amount of girls that have had drop into my inbox and go this is what I'm feeling this is definitely what I'm you know uh, the symptoms I've got and there are many symptoms the basic ones obviously you know like the the hot flushes you know the restless legs and things like that but there's so many more Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure it goes on for longer than we realize yeah so I've just turned 40 um, and sometimes when I'm talking about stuff online people would be like you should maybe get checked out because you yeah. could be in 
I think from perimenopause. Yeah, because like I think from is it right sort of mid thirties, a woman a woman's hormones will naturally start to decline anyway. Exactly right. Um, so is that like I don't know? Could be twenty years. Yeah. If, so they've like, read, so, so I've, I've 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 read you know conflicting where you know perimenopause could last um, you know anything so up to six years, or and then somebody will say, well, you start women's hormones start to decline naturally from the age thirty five anyway, but from probably mid forties that's when you really might start noticing a difference. And I think that um, a lot of women, just because they feel tired, they feel irritable, they're arguing with their, their partners, their children, they're snappy, they've got no tolerance for anything. And they just like, they put weight on and they're, you know, they're, they're struggling. And um, they don't realise that actually it's their hormones, they're fluctuating and they're just going absolutely mental. Um and they go to the doctors. I went to the doctors. I was offered antidepressants three times, and mm-hmm. I, but I knew I wasn't depressed. Um, not that I know what depression feels like, but I, I was like, well, I don't feel like this all the time, though. You yeah. know, like I'm okay, like f- sometimes, but then other times, I f- and then I sort of convinced myself I was really unwell, and I maybe had some sort of like, um, like cancer or or something like that. And I was like, I've got to get to the bottom of this. And I read a post. Um, in a group, a menopause, a perimenopause support group, and the woman that had written, I've tried and tried and tried for the last three years to get some sort of balance with HRT, um, with other things that have been recommended, and I'm I'm not making any progress, so I've decided to not do any anything about it and just accept where I am, and this is just, you know, I'm just going to be this person for the rest of my life. And I was like, no, oh, no, God. no. And I made a promise to myself then, we are not going to let this happen. We are going to get back to some, like some sort of version of me that I was before all of this started, and I couldn't be any like better. My in a better place than what I am now, and that is definitely because of the sea. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm just so full of life again. I'm like literally sort of bouncing off the walls. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. Um. So. Yeah, so and I did the um the Dip Club series thing for them to raise awareness to get women talking about, you know, about perimenopause, menopause and it be an open and honest conversation. It's not something that should just be hidden mm-hmm. and that you should do on your own. Um it should be talked about because actually men need to get on board with this as well. You know, they've got mothers, they've got they've got daughters, they've got sisters and it affects everyone, yeah. you know, and at least if they know Oh well, actually, you know, my son will say to me, "Your hormones going mental again because you're a little bit snappy," you know, <laughs> like, but like, are, are they? Yeah, possibly. Yes, you're right. You're, yes, okay. <laughs> I'll back off. <laughs> so, yeah, and talk about it openly and honestly is um, what we need to be doing. Definitely, because it's beca- it's kind of like this scary. Yeah, it is thing scary. that we're meant to be going into, and why should we go into it alone when half yeah. the population does it? Yeah, well, fifty percent of the population are going to go through like menopause. Um, yeah. So yeah, why 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 are we not talking about it? Mm-hmm. Why are we not? Um, but I see stuff popping up all over the yeah. place now. About I think it. a lot of the stuff around what Davina's done. Yeah, and I read this amazing book. Um, a few years ago by a woman called Maisie, I can't remember her surname, put it in the show notes, mm. um, it called Period Power. And that was all about how to manage your hormones when yeah. you're on a period. And that completely changed the way I looked at my own cycle mm. and managing 
um, I guess it's like keeping track of what your emotions are doing so that you yeah. can be like, oh, I'm ovulating. Yeah. Like the last couple of weeks have been like yeah. super fast paced. Yeah, because... And then it's like, oh, now I need to slow down because if I don't, I'm going to crash. 100%. 100%. And it's not... I mean, I mean, a lot of women don't even know their own cycles. I mean, I didn't. Exactly. I didn't I until didn't. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And then she's since written a book called um, Menopause Power. Right. Which will be my next read. Oh, I but might read that then. Yeah. But it's things like that, and then obviously all the stuff Javina's doing. And, yeah. Um, just opening it up because it shouldn't be a secret, and we shouldn't feel like we have to now go into hiding because we've our service here is done on this yeah. planet. Yeah, and I think that's um, the articles I read when I first started, you know, researching for myself. I think I found a, an, an old article from like nineteen ninety one that said, you know. You know, for women, they may feel like their, you know, their life is coming to an end, their role as a mother. At the age you know, of 45. Yeah, and I was like, what am I reading? Do you know, like, no, no, like, and it's no wonder, you know. Um, and, like, I said to my mother, how old were you when you went through menopause? And she went, I went through early. I was, like, early 40s. Um, it was, we'd lost my dad when my mum was 40. She went, and it pretty much went, you know, happened then. Um, and she went, but I sailed through it. And I'm like, mm, did yeah. you? And I'm like, I beg to differ. Do you know, like, because I think Grieving that grief and yeah, and menopause. I mean, there's a fundamental flaw in this whole menopause thing, anyway, because like for most women, um, especially women who've had children, they're gonna go start going through perimenopause, menopause when their children are teenagers. Mm. Yeah, and it's like come on, do you know what I mean? Dealing with a teenager and your own hormones, it's uh, its not easy. It's not easy. You are going to be snappy. <laughs> You're definitely going to be snappy, 100%. I can guarantee you that. And then your kids <laughs> are going to start being like, <laughs> you're being especially <laughs> snappy tonight, mother. Are you uh, feeling hormonal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's why, you know, if you have these conversations with them and let people know what's going on, then... You're not snapping at them for, and then them being like, right, "What is wrong with mum?" You know, like, yeah. "What's wrong with mum?" Is, is what she have okay? I done wrong? Yeah, they're like, "Yeah, okay, we know what's going on." We'll, back, we'll, we'll. Uh, why don't you go and jump in the sea, <laughs> mum? I, I really I will. think we should <laughs> go back to the sea. Mm. But that's what's so lush about the sea, I think, because we we're just playing. Yeah, it's an inner child-like piece of work, isn't it? Um, that. 10, 15 minutes. Well, you've only got to listen to some of the videos that come out of, um, you know, that I do on the beach. Uh, I've started doing posting them, actually, you know, the little laughs that we have as well. Because yeah. I do post always with the music on. Mm-hmm. But now I started posting a few of, like, um, you know, outtakes, you know, to see what really goes on. Because it's easy to make it look easy. Um, but if you show people, actually, it, it does challenge you. Mm-hmm. You know, it is going to take some, you know, some strength to get in there. But when you hear some of the laughter coming out of the sea, you know, people shrieking because they were playing in the waves. It's such a an amazing way to meet people, you know, to challenge yourself um, and to have some good old fun. Yeah. You know, like... It's like... And it's free. Bonding on steroids. Totally. Because you go in, you're like stripped of everything that's going on in your head mm. so all you have is this like euphoric feeling and then you're with somebody else who's doing it with you yeah 
So it's like, how can you not like yeah. supercharge the bond? It's, yeah, totally. And you're going to meet so many people as well. And I think that be, you're 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 vulnerable anyway because you're going into the sea in just your bather. Yeah. Um. And but everybody else is in that situation as well. I've never once felt judged, you know, by um other women, you know, like. And I think we can tend to get caught up in that. And I've I've never once looked at someone and went, oh, "You look better in that bather than I do." Nothing like that. It's like everybody's just sort of, you know, praising each other and like, oh my God, you look amazing and just sharing each other's stories and getting involved and meeting up out, you know, in other, you know, sort of um, little events as well and marshmallows and a fire on the beach. I mean, you can't get more perfect than that, you know, like on a summer's evening. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing compared to the, you know, the party girl I used to be. This is just a life I think I've always wanted to live but didn't really know how to live it. Yeah. So, yes. Very much relate to that. Mm. Which leads us nicely to six years ago. Yeah. So you've just had 10th of September, your six-year anniversary of quitting drinking. Yeah. Um, And I quit on the 21st of October that same year. Okay. So a month or so later. Yeah. Do you want to talk me through what was happening? Yeah, I mean, like, I've been, you know, a party girl all of my life. Um, I raved, you know, through the 90s. Um, I had nobody, you know, I didn't have any children. Um, and when everyone else stopped raving, I carried on, you know, like, and um, I just wanted, to, you know, I just partied hard all the time, you know. I would work through the week and obviously then just go out and absolutely get obliterated on a weekend. Um, you know, and at times it was, it was, it was problematic. Um... I would, you know, just just go out to get drunk, um, and I would go out because and get drunk because I couldn't. When I look at when I say this now, it sounds so bizarre, but I think my mantra was, "Well, I just can't be myself if I I can't go out and be myself if I haven't had a drink." Oh yeah, I totally relate. But to when that. you look at that now and strip that back, and you think, "Well, actually, then, so who was that person?" Because it wasn't me. Um, you know, you've got this sort of ego. Um, about you that like well certainly for me it was like I need this I need to do this to give me the confidence to go out um, so I would start drinking you know well before I went out um, I mean I would pass out earlier but you know I would drink before I went out um, and you know if there was an after party I'd be there um, but then I would carry on drinking like on a Sunday and then a Sunday Hair went with into, the dog yeah. And, all that. yeah. and then a Sunday went into a Monday off work and then a Monday off work went into a week off work. Um and there would be like periods in my life where I would say, Okay, that's it, I'm done. Um and and I wouldn't drink. Um and then as soon as there was like a social event or somebody's birthday or Christmas or anything like that, it would be I know what's coming. I don't want to, like, but it'll be fine this time. You know, like, I know different now. Yeah, um, I can moderate. Yeah, I can just have one. I can just have, like, I can not drink spirits and just, you know, just have a few cheeky halves. But, like, oh, once you have one, or better off. Yeah. It is, you know, it's pretty much, like, it's a free-for-all at that point. Um, And, but, and then I had two children, well, uh, you know, obviously I had my first and um, I didn't drink um, throughout both pregnancies. I breastfed both children um, and um, that was like I enjoyed, you know, sort of like that. I'd left that party lifestyle behind. Um, but <clears throat> eventually, you know, when the kids were toddlers, it was like, you know what, I'm going to have a half 
and it's going to be fine because I'm a different person now. I'm a mum. Yeah. Why would I, you know, I'm not a party girl anymore. Why would that happen? And slowly but surely that just started, you know, infiltrating back in, you know, um, you know, a weekend would be, you know, like, like that's just, well, you know, it would just start again. And then I would be ill through the week, you know, like trying to be a mum, trying to work and, um, and it just caused so many issues, you know, in my life. Everything just sort of, you know, if I look back and unpick it, it was like every problem I seemed to have just always led back to, you know, oh, the drink will be the solution. I can't deal with that now. Let's just have a bottle of wine instead. And um, it just got quite dark and depressing. Um, and um, I separated from... The, the kids start March 2017 um, and the next six months of that was really quite it was it was it wasn't a very nice time because obviously I was trying to deal with the separation trying yeah. to deal with being a single mum um, and um, as soon as the kids went to bed it would be like right okay this is how I'm going to deal with this and um, this is how I unwind I'll just this have is a glass yeah exactly I'll just have half a bottle and yeah, the rest of I'll the be fridge. fine yeah um and and I think that it just got to a point where I thought if I don't do something about this now it's going to be a decision that's taken out of my hands um and that's when I said, you know, I made it, you know, I was, I was frightened of my own shadow at that point, by the way. I was like, terrified of everything. I was frightened. I was, I was anxious. I was paranoid. Um, I was just li- really literally surviving. Yeah. Um, and um, I started looking to, to try and get some help to try and get, and I found that quite difficult. You know, there was an element of shame. Mm-hmm. In fact, it wasn't an element of shame. There was a lot of shame. You know, how does a... A, a mum of two go and ask for help, you know, about stopping drinking alcohol um, without it being a full, you know, sort of, I felt like it was going to be a witch hunt and, you know, like, okay, we'll have another one, you know, like, uh, but actually um, I did, you know, you, you've got to push to find this thing. It's not readily, some of this information isn't readily available. It's like, oh, well, you know, just reduce your drinking or just don't, you know, go to the doctors and they'll say, well, maybe just when you go out, don't drink cocktails, and it's like, mm, it's it, none of it is obviously very helpful, but they're limited resources. But finding your way into some real help um, proved quite difficult. Um, but once once I found it and I was like, OK, this is it. This is going to be the start of um, I just you have to get to a point where you accept Right, that you have got a problem with alcohol and you need to do something about it. You can't go into this or like with a, I'm going to sort it out and I'm going to be able to have a drink at Christmas. Right, you have to have sickened yourself enough where you think, no, that's it, I'm done. And I was at that point. Um, and this is my journey then for the last six years was sort of, you, you're you almost starting again to build a new life. Um, you might have to, move away from people that you've spent most of your adult life with, you know, friends that are, have, you know, just want to continue to do that kind of thing. Um, it's quite a lonely place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very lonely. Um, but slowly but surely, you'll, you know, you just start to feel better every day and you're like, okay, what can I do now? Where can I go next? And um, Who did you, who helped you? Um, so I went to um, a place in um, in Wars End. I think they've got a few places actually. It's called um, NTRP. Okay. 
NTRP, which okay. is North, I'm sure it stands for North Tyneside Recovery Partnership. Okay. So they have a, a load of like sort of resources and people that can give you advice on, um, you know, how to reduce your drinking, you know, where you could go, meetings you could go to if you wanted to. Um, and did you do AA? I went to loads of AA meetings. Yeah. I mean, I went to loads of AA meetings. Yeah. Um, did they, did in that the early help? days. Yeah. I mean, like... It's, a, it's a, meeting other people, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that I was frightened to go there as well because I was like, oh, God, I'm what not that bad. What if social services are yeah. outside? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, I'm not that bad. And then you always think to yourself as well, what if I go there and I see somebody I know? But then you you realise that like well actually if there's well, some they're there yeah, too they're exactly and they you know you have these sort of misconceptions of what it's going to be like when you get in there, and um and when I went and I remember going to my first meeting sitting there and thinking oh my goodness me like you will hear some awful horrific um stories um but you will also hear for people that didn't make it as well you know like um. And it's quite a scary place to be, you know, and you, you're, you know, your, your, your mental health is on the floor. You're, you know, crying out internally for somebody to just sort of say, it's going to be all right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when that doesn't come and you know that it's all down on you to do it, it's like, you've got to do that. You've, you have to do that journey yourself. Like other can, people can want it for you, but until you're ready to go, I'm done here. I'm absolutely done. So I'm going to do whatever I can now to, change my life um and and I just sort of made my way through like they were by the way they were amazing like NTLP the um there's so many resources that they've got access to um but um I eventually like sort of reduced um the drinking till I wasn't drinking any alcohol because by that point by the way like I was you you would I would look sober but I was just so topped up with alcohol and that was just to keep me upright. It was pretty grim. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and, and they helped me um, and I'll be forever grateful for them. I do often actually call in, you know, to uh, to say hi. I mean, people change there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely got me on the right track, you know, because going to GP, the, the services... Um, have been sort of outsourced from them now. They don't really deal with that kind of thing. Um, there's not really a lot of information. You know, if you're starting to look for yourself, it's like, what do I do? Where do I go? You know, yeah. but um, it's, yeah, single-handedly the best thing, best decision, you know, that I've ever made. When one of the things that really stuck out for me when I first quit was that I just had no idea who I was. Yeah. And it's that thing of like, well, I have to keep drinking because that's my per- that's when my personality comes out. Yeah, and well, I'll have no friends, and I'll be re- I was always really terrified of being boring. Yeah, I was like, I'm just be the boring one, and, and everyone will yeah cut me off. I mean, and... I've tried that, and I've went out and, con- and I was like, okay, I'm not drinking, so but I'm still gonna go out with the people that I would used to go out with anyway, and um just torment myself basically do you know like um, so you wouldn't do that yeah I've, I've done that in the past you know like and I've drank non-alcoholic you know um, beers and things like that but and I think for me it was almost as like but you're not changing your habits yeah you know mm. you're trying to still live a life that you no longer serves you so but you're not the only thing that you're doing is you're drinking like non-alcoholic beer 
the emotions that you're going through and the ideas and the what underpins all of that is like um sort of like what you feel about yourself so it's like I'm still going to put myself in a party situation but I'm not I'm choosing not to drink alcohol I'm just drinking non-alcoholic drinks for me that wasn't going to work mm-hmm. it had to be a complete change of um of lifestyle um and it's like and take myself out of those situations but just going back to your point there finding out who you were I could not sit in that house and well that was a family home that just went to sort of our home um and the kids would you know in the early days go up um to their dads for every other weekend and for that weekend I couldn't bear to be in the house by myself it was like the self negative self talk it was a constant battle to try and quieten that down and of course, and I realised that I used to what I used to do was when I felt like that previously, I would just have a drink. Yeah, you know, like okay, we're all right now. Okay, we're good. Do you know? But when you're not using anything else to change the way how you feel, then you have to deal with those emotions. You have to deal with the like who you are. Um, and I've done a lot of um mindset work. I've been in quite a few programs. Um like self-development programs um not necessarily related to alcohol or anything like that just self-development on you know discovering who you are as a person what makes you tick what makes you laugh what makes you you know joyful and learning to connect with who you are as a person um and I laugh at myself now thinking I can't believe I used to say to myself you can't be yourself if you don't have a drink now I'm like wow because I I love who I am and I like I'm so content with the person that I am that I can just the more time I can have on my own, Hannah, the better. Because I just love my own company. Do you know what I mean? The better. I'm like, yes. I think I'm I still need this. to get there. If yeah. I'm in the hat, because you're an extrovert, right? And I, what? Are you an extrovert? Do you mean what do you mean? Like, if I sit in the house for more than an hour or two on my own, I'm like, oh my god. I mean, I do, you know, the times where I like, I need to, um, but I do like to chill. Do you know, like, I do like my own company. Um, I don't like, I just, I'll go out for a walk on my own. Yeah, um, I like going for a walk yeah. because I'm doing something, but it's the sitting in the house on my own things that after a while I start being a bit like, <sighs> I mean, if I'm in the house on my own, I don't actually just sit in a seat and, you know, like, and I'll be doing things, you know, yeah. to occupy myself. But, um, but it took me a long time to get there. Like, I really hated who I was. I hated being alone with myself and my own thoughts. Um, and I would go and walk on the beach for hours yeah, by myself. Yeah, that's where I think I am. Hours and hours and hours. Um, go and grab a coffee by myself. Um, borrow other people's dogs to take to the beach and just, like, and stay down there until the kids came home. Then that chaos would resume and I would be okay again. It was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, the distractions, be, yeah, great. Yeah, so being on your own... Um, and learning to really discover like sort of who you are um, it's a process um, that I think you're probably going through yourself and it's like you will get to a point where you think I'm so happy being by myself do you know what I mean Um, because that was another thing as well that I'm still single after six and a half years with no actual um, plan to go and like I'm just I don't, don't need anybody and yeah else. I don't need anybody I'm really the happiest I've ever been and I just think having somebody else on the scene would just be a distraction well yes yeah I've been through that process right 
You use like I think um, there's a few things when you stop one addiction. Yeah, is you can then just pass it on to other things. So like eating disorders. Yeah. Um, sex, codependency, that kind of thing mm-hmm. is like a really nice distraction. Yeah. Um, but you didn't do that. No. What did you? And I think did, did anything pass on? Did you get like? No. So when I when I when I decided, I was like, okay, that enough's enough. My main priority was obviously um, creating an environment where we could all thrive. You know, like the kids, and and I just sort of okay, I'm gonna just dedicate however long it takes to getting myself and my two ch- two children through. You know, this separation. Um, keeping them as focused as I possibly could on their their own lives without too much disruption, and that un- wouldn't include anybody else. Um, it just needed to be me and the two kids, and just focus on them. Um, and there was never like my sister put a post out on Facebook. I think after about three years, I was single. Um, and she'd done a re- mind it was a really lovely post right it was you know the best picture of me um, saying okay this is my sister she is a single mum of two children and she's been single for three years right she needs to get out and meet someone she put that on Facebook yeah were you like please share it and this is what she was saying please share it um, and whilst I, I laughed and people were like oh my god I love this and sharing it and oh my god I love this I'm sharing it and I'm like but and I remember, you know, people will say to me, you know, if you met someone else, it would lighten the load. And it's like, no, that but I don't want happens. the load lightened. You know, like I don't need to depend on somebody else. right? I don't need to be financially supported of somebody else. The journey and the challenge for me has been getting all of that by myself. Yeah. I don't want to be back in a position where somebody has is could make a decision that would ultimately leave me homeless or my children homeless and I'm not prepared to put myself in that situation again so I've fought hard for the life I've got now the person I've become for the for the life that my children's got now which is totally underpinned and financed by myself um and I've enjoyed that process I think um in fact I have um because I can say I did that um, I think this is saying, is it focus on the things that they can't take away from you, which is like your character, you know, your um, personality. your personality and things like that. Mindset. Which so yeah, because they can't, you know, like and I'm, the more you, the stronger you become, the less tolerant to bullshit you are as well. It's just like <laughs> no, no, bullshit. yeah, no, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just do not time. I can't tolerate. Like um, I know what my boundaries are now. I know what I will and won't accept. Um, and as soon as I get a little sniff of, even just like, I think drama like yeah, will attract itself it? to anyone, doesn't it? Yeah. But there are situations now where I'll think, okay, I'm not feeling comfortable with this situation, so I'm not going to say to you, this is drama. I'm removing myself from the situation. I'll just naturally take a step back, you know, like and. <laughs> Yeah, you're on. I'm not doing it. Do you know, like, but so if you disappear from my life, I know why. Yeah, <laughs> there's no drama. I can't do drama. I'm not dealing yeah. with your drama. Yeah, take that. Because uh-huh. um, there is a little bit with a bit of sea dipping. Oh yeah, mix plenty of people together, and there'll yeah. be well, some there's always going to be that. And I think I was like, I'm, in the first sort of few months, I was like, this is amazing, and everybody's <laughs> happy, and, and we all love each yeah, other, and we're all embrace each other. And then the first time I see you, think a little bit of drama, and you think, oh. Okay, so it's like, yeah, so it's like this everywhere then. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? it doesn't matter what you do. Um, 
but I think that like a lot, lot like you know when people are just um, naturally like okay well I'm happy enjoying the skipping and the seek type of thing so yeah. we're going to move away from the drama and just carry on doing what we're we want to do skip over there yeah please don't follow yeah there's a big yeah but there's, there's plenty of beaches <laughs> do you know like exactly there's a lot um, of beach to go around in the yeah North exactly yeah so but yeah and it's it took a um, and I think again like very much like sort of menopause for women. You know, they're if they're drinking at home and they're you know they're worried about how much they're drinking, they don't really know where to go for help. They don't really want to be you know sort of. I know, and you know, a woman who said she said to her husband, "Listen, I'm drinking too much." No, you're not. Do you know what I mean? And if somebody says to you, "Oh my God, you haven't got a problem, man." Everyone in the northeast drinks alcohol. Every, I mean, this is the northeast. We party here, and if you've got people around you who have that mentality then you're never, I think, going to be able to sort of pull yourself away from that. If it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not that bad, man. Everyone in the northeast is a binge drinker. Yeah. You know, we, and when your brain is, yeah. like, wanting you to have a drink because yeah. you are addicted, then you're yeah. naturally going to go find the people that make you feel better about it. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you have to, you know, you might have to change your actual whole environment. Interesting. Um, I went out on Saturday night... Um, not drinking, obviously, mm. but oh, you went to a disco. I went to disco, a silent disco, yeah. and I had such a good time, and I danced really hard, and it was like the first time I'd done something like that in absolute ages, where I was properly just letting my hair down. But I wonder if that environment actually sort of triggered feeling because I felt pretty terrible yesterday, right? Like you know, it's a busy day, all that kind of stuff. I've just bought a new house, so I'm a bit. Yeah. In that phase of still trying to step into what you've achieved and doing it all on my own with the kids. Yeah, it's I got hard. that real feeling of like, I can't do it on my own. It, I still meant like I, I would I would be lying if I said that, you know, um, you know, I've got a very you know snow white life now. I'm skipping through the bush, you know, the the forest with the birds. But like, it's not like that at all. There are moments. Seven little men in the background. <laughs> Come on, hi. Huh? Like it's <laughs> it's not like that at all. Do you know what I mean? There are very much elements of um, of the, of where it, it gets hard. You know, like the the kids are going to need something, or there's a school trip comes up, or something like that. We've just fell out the school holidays and we're falling into Christmas, um, and I'll fall back to old ways of thinking. Um, not like obviously that I would like the I couldn't think anything worse. There is nothing that a glass of wine would ever sort out that you yeah. can't deal with yourself. Um, but um, being a mum and being a single mum is is really bloody hard. Do you know, like you you know, it's like oh, you've got all plates spinning. So, you know, um, there are going to be days where they just feel horrendous, and you think, oh my god, um, and then you start blaming other people with you know they did what they were supposed to do i wouldn't have to do this and but um i've had a really good conversation today where we talked about exchanges of energy and you know when i'm on the beach and i'm dancing with other people and that's an exchange of energy but it's good energy when i'm trying to have a conversation about childcare or you know child support and i'm trying i'm giving all of my energy to that person and then they're not responding in a way that i would expect them to that then is a drain on my energy mm -hmm. um, and I have to be mindful of that because once I start trying to get into those conversations, it can quickly, you know, get me down and I'm like, oh God, it's all just down to me and, and it's hard. It, it really is hard. So don't beat yourself up for having bad days, you know, like just don't because, yeah. 
Yeah, it was a bit of a, a bad one. Mm-hmm. I ended up having to get my ex to come and get the kids because I was like, I can't cope. Yeah, you can't do everything. Um, and there's a little element of like, but I'm so lucky. Yeah. And you you do have to keep that in mind because, you know, he does have them 50-50, so yeah. they do get a lot of time. Yeah. But I guess it all depends how much... So everything just seems to fall apart when you've got them. That's the problem. It's like, none of this happens when they're with dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, so, yeah, it's it's hard. But what you're just saying there, we have elements of um, when you think, wow, actually, I've, I've got so much to be grateful for. I've come so far. I've recently just uh, read that they're actually called glimmers. So you've got triggers, which can trigger you into starting thinking negatively. And then you've got your glimmers, where you have little, like, moments of going, you know what? I'm all right. Like, I've yeah. come so far. And you far. do have to keep reminding yourself, yeah. though, because I find glimmers can trigger me. Yeah. Because then I can be like, why are you being such a fucking idiot about this? You've got all of this stuff and you're making a massive fuss about that. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be careful not to use yeah. it as a, oh, I'm so grateful, Al, I'm okay. Everything's going to be fine. It doesn't need to be dealt with today. Yeah. Probably just need to eat some nourishing food yeah. and go to bed, which is exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically just put myself to bed. Yeah. I'll do that as well. It's like, good night. <laughs> you are not helpful yeah. today, yeah. so go to bed and, you know, we'll you'll start have plenty again of time tomorrow. in the morning. We'll throw ourselves in the sea. Exactly. <laughs> and it'll all be fine. Oh, Joe, this has been so lovely. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. coming you. in and for sharing that. Because, uh, yeah, I do feel like there's so many similarities, but, mm. like... I have a lot to learn, I think, from the way you're doing things. It's just a, it's just a huge, I mean, it's just a huge learning curve, isn't it? It's like just learning what works for you and what doesn't. Um, <clears throat> but I remember you saying, actually, you didn't, I don't know, you put a post up or you'd done a podcast about it, about making friends at 40. And I was like, mm. I could relate to that so much because even when the the guys were saying, we're going on the beach and we're going to have fire marshmallows, there's people, in, you know, that I don't know in that sort of group. And I was like, and they were like, just come. And I yeah. was like, yeah, I'm going to go. And then by, as I let this, you know, I got into my own head and I'm like, oh God, I don't really know them though. They'll not want me around if it's just all of their friends. And it's really quite easy to talk yourself out of going. But when I went... And it was just the most wholesome night, and everyone was just sitting it was chatting. The blue moon, wasn't it? Yeah. It was oh my god, that was yeah. And then we got papped in the sea, yeah. and it's like those moments. I think um, they're meant to happen, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, by pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and keep putting yourself in situations that challenge you and move you out of being comfortable, um, it's just growth, isn't it? it you is. know, like it's. And I think when it comes to making friends, you we're all still. 10 yeah turning up and being it's hard like, to try and fit in isn't it as well it's like can okay I be, so can i be your friend and yeah. you just feel super awkward and yeah like oh and by the way i, d- I don't drink yeah and like like you're apologizing you, what, do you, what do you do with it and you i'm a bit I mean? of a show-off and i like talking and <laughs> yeah i mean somebody said to me once and it'll always stick with me and i'll pass that on to anyone it's like if you want to take this route and you know you you've decided that you want to live a sober life like, just remember that you can do anything you want, right? You can achieve anything you want in this life. The only thing you can't do is drink. If you look at it that way, that just opens up a whole new perspective of things. Because if you just think, well, I can't drink, which means I can't go meet people, I can't go out and party, I can't meet a partner, I can't, you know, I can't do this and do that. It's, it's you just close yourself in. Yeah. Whereas in actual fact, you can do anything. 
yeah. the only thing you can't do is have a drink. I think for me, I'm like, oh, I don't ever want to drink again. But mm. I more feel like I'm apologetic to other people. Yeah. Because I'm still thinking that they think the way I used to think. Yeah. You're just assuming that they're going to judge you. I yeah. learned that this morning. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. It's like, when I don't drink, it's like... Nobody actually cares wrong... what you're yeah, doing. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so well, thanks for that admission. Do you know what I mean? But Good actually, me. neither do we. <laughs> actually, that was just such a lovely thing about Dip, like Dip Club. It was like, oh, and you know, and I read their sort of bio on, and it was like, we are a um, a sober curious um, community. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I, and when you see how many people sort of go in, not obviously not everybody's like sober who goes there or sober curious, which is a, the new sort of, you know, I'm only going to drink sometimes. I'm not going to drink all the time. Um, and then when you realise that there are actually, you're not the only one that doesn't want to do this lifestyle anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they are, there's so many people, was 8,000, they've got 8,000 followers now who are like, yeah, and if you show them the way, people will follow because, sure enough, the people who are up the, that end of town, you know, absolutely caning it, like, will be heading down to the beach to go, I need some peace. Yeah. I need to get in the sea. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So on that note, that's what we'll be doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going in later. Oh, yeah, Heading down said. to King Eddie's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's cool? What day is it? It's Monday, isn't it's it? Monday, yeah. So what are you doing tonight? Are you just meeting up or are you just going by yourself? Well, me and Lewis have got to go and do a sound check. Because do you know that I'm doing the ripple effect? Yes. So when do they come? Uh, they are coming the 8th of the 8th. October. And they're doing a dip, aren't they? With Yeah, with Dip Club. Yeah, after, is that after you've talked to them? Yes. Or before, okay. So 9am, we'll do like a Q&A with the authors. Mm-hmm. That's the bit that I'm doing. And then we'll all just go throw ourselves in the sea. So where is it at? Is it at Whitley Bay? Or is it's it in uh, King Eddie's. King Eddie's. King Eddie's. I do like Time Mouth. We're gonna. It's at Riley's Fish Shack. Oh. So where will they, will they come here then? No, we'll just record Take it down there. So that's why then. me and Lewis are going down to see if we can make sure the sound works so yeah. that I can record it as a podcast and then put it live yeah. on yeah. Tuesday. Wonderful. But that's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> You'd be great. <laughs> I've got You're two natural. Weeks. You're a natural. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. You're very welcome. Well, thank you so much for coming down and for sharing all your stories of menopause and the sea and drinking and singleness. I really appreciate it. It sounds quite depressing, doesn't it, at times? But that's the thing, it's it. not, is it? Yeah, it's just like... You're literally a big kid that gets in the sea every day. Yeah. Was, are, we, yeah. are we regressing? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I need to go back and like tell her, you know, like, it's like, you're going to be fine, you know. You you're going to just keep dancing, girl. <laughs> Benjamin Button, the shit out of this. You're just yeah. going to get younger as we get yeah. older. That's another benefit as well, getting in the sea, isn't it? Like the, the sea glow that you get. Yeah. It's unreal. Look how fresh we are. I know. Yeah. Fresh Thanks, and vibrant. Alcohol free princesses. <laughs> Mermaids, even. Mermaids. <laughs> Well, thank you, Joe. You're very welcome. All right, then. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you again next time for another episode of Happily Ever After with me, Hannah. It would be amazing if you could leave a review and subscribe. And of course, if you've got a friend who might enjoy this episode, please do pass it on. For anything else, you can get in touch with me through Instagram at mumsdays or by my website, uh, mumsdays.com. And did you know that I've got a newsletter? 
So it's the best way to stay in touch and to make sure you don't miss any podcasts or any freebies or competitions that we're running. And again, you can sign up to that through the website.